Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. The story of gunner kennels, um, and honestly, I I kind of get choked up at the end because uh, I sit there and talk about how it was just me and Gunner, and then somebody introduced me to uh, my now wife Emily that said, so they met me because of Gunner, and then they said, look, I got this girl that you're gonna marry. Welcome to the Foul Front Outdoors Waterfowl Podcast, where our goal is to recruit and educate new hunters while entertaining the rest of you. Without new hunters and the mentorship of those more seasoned, this passion as we know it faces an uncertain future. So get the word out, turn the volume up, and enjoy the show, because you're on the Foul Front. All right, today I've got Addison Edmonds uh, from Gunner Kennels on with us. How are you doing today, Addison? Doing pretty good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, huge fan of what you guys are doing and your product. Um, and funny story about how I actually got, you know, when I bought my first kennel with you. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, had nothing to do with my decision-making process. Yeah. <laughs> I, looked, I looked at the kennels and I, oh, man, those are, you know. And, uh, but I, I, yeah, I looked at them, but they're like, oh, I, I like overbuilt things. That's, that's nice. You know what I mean? Uh, but my, I say that we have three dogs and a baby. My wife says we have four babies. <laughs> right. And we just moved here to Kansas and she, you know, we're going to be driving home to Nebraska a lot with them. And that's a, about a three hour drive. So we were looking into getting to toppers or something like that, something to make the you know the ride a little bit better, so we don't have to cram everybody in there. Right. And she said, "Hey, what about these Gunner Kennel things?" I said, "Are you, are you serious?" And she said, "Yeah, look at them. That's the only thing I'd I'd feel safe putting my dogs in the back." And I said, well, "All right." So we went and bought one and uh, have not turned back. The second we opened that thing and put it together, it's kind of like finding Jesus. You know, how can you go back? You know. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, they're definitely overbuilt, and, and, and they definitely cost more than, you know, your average dog kennel. But, you know, the whole goal was 
try to make something number one just that i felt comfortable traveling with my dog gunner in and um unfortunately for for me i, I definitely try to hit it with a big hammer um so we try to overbuild everything we can so that was actually when you said overbuilt i mean that's a big big term that i like to hear is uh is that it's overbuilt no, absolutely i mean and i think a lot of waterfowl hunters um would agree with you, you know, like you got to have something that can hold up. You got to have something that's, you look at that and you think <laughs> somebody didn't cut any corners when they made that or designed it. Right. So. Right. Yeah. It, t- it took like, uh, excuse me, I'm trying to clean two shotguns while we're doing this. So if you hear any spray oh. or, or noises while we're doing this, but it took, Perfect. um, took over a year and a half to actually get it designed. I knew what I wanted in terms of like, it's got to be safe. It's got to be over the top in terms of uh, features and, and, and everything, but it's got to look good. But I didn't actually know what that meant, what what it was going to look like. So it took a lot of iterations and a lot of time and money to get it designed, but, um, you know, pretty pleased with how it turned out. So let's back this up because uh, sure. when, when did you start hunting? So um, I think I've got some – I think I've got, I mean, I don't know, you know, my dad didn't grow up hunting, but he knew that I liked it. And I had a lot of cousins and uncles that hunted and fished. And so, uh, started getting into hunting and fishing at an early age. And, you know, it's kind of a lot of those backyard BB gun type stuff. Uh, I think I went on my first real hunting trip when I was probably 10. I've got it over here. I'm down in my shop in my garage. I've got a 11 point that I shot with a 410 slug, uh, when I was, when I was 10 years old in, in South Alabama. I didn't um, even know they made that kind of. English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, started at an early age and then just literally got, got bit by the bug. And, and, uh, you know, when it came time for me to be able to, uh, drive my own truck, I was, I was constantly, I was big into sports in high school, but anytime I, I wasn't doing sports, I was hunting or fishing, you know, whenever I could, um, so I wasn't necessarily quote unquote raised going to like a camp every single weekend and, and doing it. But, um, as much as I could, I was hunting and fishing and, and, um, just ate up with it from the start. This is all in North central Tennessee. Yeah. Central Tennessee, uh, duck hunting wise, Arkansas with some neighbors that I grew up going hunting with and then deer hunting in Alabama and, and, um, on towards my college years. So I went, I went to Ole Miss university of Mississippi. When I went down there when I was about 14 for a wedding, I just saw a bunch of, uh, land everywhere. I was like, wow, this looks good. I'm going to go here for college. And, and, um, did a lot of, of deer and duck hunting in the Mississippi Delta, um, all throughout college. Awesome. Uh, do you remember the, you know, the first duck or, or first waterfowl, uh, that you harvested? Yes. I've actually got them. So I shot a, a mallard and a widgeon when I was probably 14 um, at a camp just about an hour and a, hour and a half west of here. Um, one of my dad's buddies said, hey, we got this youth hunt, bring Addison. And, um, and we went out there, and I think they actually filmed it for like a local Tennessee outdoor show. Um, but yeah, I shot a, a widgeon and a mallard that weekend, and I got it mounted in my office um to this day that's that's really cool <laughs> i wish yeah. i would have had the forethought um when it came to my you know my first bird i harvested but 
Yeah. So, okay. So I ride around and I have my I have my kennels because I've got a um, I've got an intermediate and I've got a large. Um, and right. You know, I don't ever take them out of the back of my pickup, and they're just chained in there um, with some padlocks um, and then the obviously the straps. And I have people come up to me all the time and say, "Hey, where do you where what'd you, where'd you get those things?" It's almost a it's a conversation starter. Sure. Um, so tell me a little bit about the name. Who's who's Gunner? So Gunner is my almost ten year old British Lab. He is he's sitting in the garage right now. He's about ten yards away from me. Um, so I I grew up with chocolate labs, but I didn't hunt them obviously uh when i was younger and and when i was about a junior or sophomore in college i decided i'm going to get a a hunting lab and i wanted to be a chocolate lab and um i was still living with five or six roommates at the time i didn't want them to i didn't want the dog to chew up all my roommates boots and everything so I, i found out that british labs supposedly were a little bit better with chewing um found a guy in north alabama um bought gunner his dad's name was gunner um small interesting fact but um you know i raised him to the best that i could with just train i've never i never trained a hunting dog and just bought a book called the uh british training for the american retriever and just kind of followed it to the t and he was just a robot i mean he he would do anything he would dive at the bottom of the pool he he would literally climb up like a 12 foot tree to get a dummy i mean he would he he, i had him so in tune uh he would do anything i asked him to do um and so i guess it was about my senior year in college which would have been about 20 uh let's see 20 uh, 2008 i guess and i decided i was like golly somebody needs to make a dog kennel the way that yeti coolers made an ice chest you know fix the core function, which for an ice chest was ice retention, and then make it better tenfold, you know, on all the, all the different functions. And I thought somebody needs to make a dog kennel that's safe. Um, and then add all the little features that I want to add to it. And so when I had that idea, I'd started a, a, uh, I started an advertising company before I graduated college so that I could stay in Oxford and continue to hunt and fish after I graduated. And, I convinced myself pretty early this, you know, I would buy it. I, I, I would be willing to bet that other people would buy it too. So, um, and sorry if I'm dragging on here, but, oh, no. um, Continue. I, uh, I'd sold that advertising company. Once I decided this was a good enough idea to, to get started on, use that money that I sold the company with and got started on, on started gunner kennels. And for the longest time, I just didn't know what the name of the company was going to be. I didn't know the name of the kennel was going to be, but I always called it to myself, Gunner Kennels or Gun Dog Kennels. And um, I just put GDK for Gun Dog Kennels. And when it came down to like actually get it going and, and, and molding the kennels and everything, I, I hadn't had anything come to me that was any better. And I thought, well, what better than to name it after the dog that I started this for, Gunner. So let's name it Gunner Kennels. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how the name came, came about. Uh, and you said he's a 10 year old now. Yeah. He turns 10 in October. Is he the only dog in the house? Yeah. So we just had to put down, um, uh, our dog named goose. She was a golden, golden doodle that my wife bought when we were still dating. 
she was a great family dog, but she got cancer at the age of seven. That was a pretty, pretty tough deal. That was the first dog we had to put down. And then I've got, uh, I bred Gunner two years ago or three years ago and got one of his puppies, uh, whose name is Bullet, that, uh, actually got him back for dove season a couple weeks ago. And they hunted together great. It was kind of good timing where when Gunner gets tired, I send Bullet and I was going to be able to hunt them every other day together during the waterfowl season. But um, they're, they're kind of, uh, they don't see eye to eye. So they both <laughs> have started fighting each other. And I've got a, a bunch of young kids that I just can't really have them um, uh, fighting. So I got to figure out what, what to do with them. I, I just sent them up to my buddy up in, uh, in New Jersey to try to get some of that aggression out of them or kind of get them in more of a pack mentality and we'll figure out what to do with them. But for right now, it's just, it's just Gunner here at our house with our three daughters under three with another one on the way. Oh, so, okay. They, you know what they often say about entrepreneurs um, is that they're crazy. So now I know yep. you're crazy. You yeah. Three under right. three and one on the way. Yeah. So our, well, it's three and a half years old two years old and she just turned nine months old today i think and then we just found out about a week or two ago that we've got another one i'm sure it's gonna be a girl with with our <laughs> if history tells me anything but yeah we'll end up having four kids right at 48 months so well congratulations yes, man thank you i think it's uh people ask me kind of what what were we thinking and i think my my best answer is kind of glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, They're so awesome right now. I just keep on cranking them out. <laughs> that's that's crazy. I, uh, you know, we just we're hitting six months right now with our first one, and yep. everybody, all of our friends have kind of told us that we've had it kind of easy with her. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, well, I, you know, I don't envy, you know, that person that said this one was easy. So I think we're doing one and done. Um, so there you go. <laughs> but uh, absolutely, man. That's you know. Uh, how do you balance all that? That's uh, that's that's quite impressive. Well, God's not making any more hours in the day. Um, unfortunately, that means less time for the kids. But I mean, uh, it's it's pretty hard. I mean, it's it's so. Last year, I had I known that. Uh, my wife was pregnant and it was very hard to go duck hunting with two kids, you know, two and a half and one and a half. And my wife was seven, seven, eight months pregnant during duck season. Um, it was really hard to leave just because you feel bad. This week's episode is brought to you by the following partners. Hunt Hickory Creek. New to Hunt Hickory Creek this year is their central Kansas lodge. They're going to be running hunters from the end of October all the way through January. And they're situated right between Kavira and Cheyenne Bottoms, which combined can hold hundreds of thousands of birds at a time. And these guys are going to work their tails off. You got Chase, you got Cody, you got Scotty, and then you've even got um, Megan in there taking pictures. Guys, if you're going to be traveling outside of your state um, and you're going to pay for guide service, don't roll the dice. Come into our Facebook group. Pick Chase or Scotty or Cody's you know, brain. Figure out who they are and uh, make sure that you're going to be booking a hunt with them because they're not just awesome guides. They're great people. They're going to show you a great time. So if you're going to hunt Kansas, hunt Hickory Creek. 
We're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, the fastest growing, most affordable decoys on the market with unmatched customer service. Now you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, or DiveBombIndustries.com, and you can find Asher in our listeners group. And get yourself into a large, effective, affordable, and easy-to-set-up spread. It takes about a minute uh, to set about a dozen, and they take up no space in the garage or truck. They're tough, extremely realistic, and go get yourself twice the decoys at the price, none of the hassle. Um, also brought to you by Toe Tags LLC. Now, federal migratory game bird laws apply in all 50 states. That includes yours, which includes gifting and tagging laws. Make sure to keep your birds separated and or tagged when transporting or storing them uh, with other hunters' birds. Now, this includes from the field to home as well. Gifting in the field, though commonly done, never legal. Uh, it must be done at the donor or donor's personal boat. Hey, for other helpful hints and to keep yourself legal, go check Toe Tags LLC out on Facebook, or you can hit up Ryan um, in our Facebook group, um, or you can head on over to ToeTagsLLC.com. So have fun, be safe, and keep it legal. We're also brought to you by Athlon Optics, which produce some of the finest shooting scopes and binoculars on the market. Their ED glasses top-notch and rivals the glass of binos three or four times their price. You're going to be able to pick a goose out in depression from half a mile with these things. I'm telling you, they're tough, sturdy, and this is where Athlon Optics goes above and beyond their lifetime warranty, which is critical for us waterfowl hunters. I sport the Midas 10x42, and I'm extremely pleased with them. So head on over to Athlon Optics and get yourself a top-of-the-line binocular system for the season at a fraction of the price and a no-warranty, a no-worries warranty. We're also brought to you by Freelance Hunt Stats, and i got to tell you, I'm really excited to be using Freelance Hunt Stats this year. Um, if you've never logged your hunts in the past, start doing it. Um, especially with FreelanceHuntStats.com because it's not just a journal. This thing can catalog all of your information and you can go back, you can look at like how you do on sunny days. It's going to be a game changer for you. So head on over to FreelanceHuntStats.com and start logging your hunts this season. We're also brought to you by Duck Nuts. And now I've been fighting duck um, decoy rigging systems since I started. Wrapping, coiling, Texas rigs, talk about a pain in the butt. Now, I work hard, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the morning, it's time to go home, and Duck Nuts allows me to do that so that I can rig my decoys. That all i got to do is throw them in a bag. And with our friction system, it's too easy to just pull the line and pack it up and or just throw them out. It, it allows you to adjust for depth, and if you're tired of fighting your decoy rigs, head on over to DuckNuts.com and use your 10% off code with Foul Front um, discount code. We're also brought to you by Gypsum Creek. Now, Gypsum Creek is a full-service gun dog training facility in the heart of the Midwest, and they are looking to build eager, confident, and reliable field companions through a unique approach that you don't find at many other places. So come check out Gypsum Creek Retrievers on their Facebook um, or Instagram, or you can hit up Evan, the owner, in our Facebook group. And I promise you, this guy loves your dog more than you do and loves teaching him how to retrieve more than you do. Um, I got to spend a uh, weekend out with them, and it was an awesome time, I'm telling you. Um, the What they got going on over there, that's where you're going to want to send your dog. All right, we're also brought to you by the DuckTech mobile app. Um, increase your odds of success in the blind this year with the DuckTech mobile app. Three-time world ch- duck calling champion Barney Caleb teaches you how to make the most important duck sounds and what they mean to a duck and when to use them, the most important part. DuckTech is also available to download on the App Store and Google Play. With the season approaching, get the app today so you can put more ducks on the strap tomorrow. We're also brought to you by SRB Field Rests. No matter what, where, or how you hunt, SRB, SRB Field Rests got you covered. Uh, they're going to keep your shotgun, rifle, or your bow, or your crossbow safe, clean, and ready for the, uh, in the field or on the range. 
waterfowl hunters in a dry field, a muddy field, marshes, flooded fields, or flooded timber. SRB Field Rests has you covered. Go check them out. They've got a 10% discount code for you with Fowl Front, all under case, one word. We are also brought to you by Gunner Kennels, the market's only double-walled, roto-molded dog crate and five-star crash-tested rated kennel. These American-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty, and the guys over at Gunner Kennels have done some crazy stuff to show you how strong they really are, like dropping 4,000 pounds on it, hammering it with a 630-pound sled, and tossing it off a 200-foot cliff and shooting it with a 12-gauge shotgun with zero bullet penetration. You're hitting the road uh, with your dog this season. Gunner Kennels is your safest bet. Uh, protecting your best friend and your investment. So head on over to GunnerKennels.com. We're also brought to you by HTR Innovations. And you have not heard of them yet, but um, I am hunting out of their A-frame this year. And they have one of the slickest um, inventions I've seen um, for waterfowl hunting. It's an awesome little gun stand for the marsh. Um, and go, so go check them out at htrinnovations.com. Also, here's another big thing for you. Do you absolutely hate laying in your layout blind? Well, they got something for you. So go check them out. Um, and our good buddy Jordan over there, he's going to be doing all their filming this year. Looking forward to seeing what they got. Okay. Let's get back into this week's episode. Oh yeah, Uh, absolutely. You know, I, I I remember thinking to myself, I, I will never, you know, I'll never feel like I miss miss my, this is before I had a family, but I just remember thinking like, when I get on the road, I go and I'm gone and whatever. And then, you know, I just finally just stopped wanting to go so I could be there with my family. And we did like a 10 or 11 day hunt between Louisiana and Mississippi for some uh, video and photo shoot stuff. And, and by like day three i was just like geez i gotta get home and i mean even now you know i booked all my hunts this year um pretty far in advance then we found out she was pregnant so i'm kind of on pause for booking any new hunts but i'm going like every every other week um i'm going to uh louisiana next week or the week after to fish actually but then we're going to canada duck hunt um it's really hard i mean just got off a trip uh for opening teal in texas and like i was gone for five or six days and by day two i was just like oh my gosh get me home like i'm ready to fly home it's not like i i don't want to go kill ducks but it's just i don't want to leave my wife to sit there and take care of three little toddlers while she's pregnant you know yeah it's tough i mean especially with running a business it's just it's always something i mean i i don't know if i'll ever i'm just used to it i guess by now I thought I was busy. We launched the company. We launched our website. So this all happened within 24 hours. We had, we launched the website. We moved into our house that I was a contractor on. We had our first child and my grandfather died all within 24 hours. And I thought I was busy then, but like looking back, like that was a, that was kind of a walk, walk in the park compared to how busy we are now. But you no, know, it just, it, it comes and it goes and you just take it as you can and, work as hard as you can and keep going yeah you you know you talk about the you know when you're a 23 year old man you say i'm gonna find a woman that never ain't gonna bother me about being out in the woods or anything like that but then as a right. you know a 28 you know 29 30 year old man you're like you know checking the phone and you're like and it's not because you're worried about them texting you and being in trouble 
it's you're you know you can get a little dis- distracted when you're out there and and sure start missing home it's funny you know sure sure yeah and that, i mean my wife emily is never she grew up with her dad and brothers all hunting and fish and and uh she's the last one to ever complain about stuff but i, I tell you i'll i'll come home before she complains now which is in my mind crazy i can't believe that i've ever that i would ever be like that but you just don't want to miss anything with these little kids they're they're a lot of fun oh, i mean in a blink of a an eye they gain 10 pounds and become a different human um right it, it's crazy right Okay, so uh, you know, back into uh, Gunner Kennel's the Gunner Kennel yeah. story. Um, so you talked a little bit about. Um, you, I mean, you touched on it. You you had this idea, and you, you know, you had this urge. You, you identified this need um, in the market, and you know what needs to happen. How did the how did the whole R and D slash design process go? Um, I don't know. Are you much of an, an engineering spirit or the like a sketcher or a doodler or anything like that? But how did it go? Yeah. So I wish I wish that I did. Uh, I've I've looked into engineering degrees. I mean, I wish that I would have uh, studied engineering. I've I've just always you know my dad could build anything with his hands growing up. You know, if we need to build anything, uh, outdoor shower or, or new workbench, whatever, he would build it. And I always just, you know, figured it out. And I, I think by the time I was old enough, I kind of stole all his tools and am always buying new tools and just enjoy being able to build anything that I want to with my hands. And um, but it's not the proper way, I'm sure. I mean, I just kind of figured out. And so um in terms of going with an engineer to actually get it designed, it was, it was a little, it was back and forth continuously. But the cool thing is since I was never properly trained, you know, to an engineer, if I give them all the specs on what I want, they'll design it, but it might not look good or it might have a couple of functional flaws and coming from my background in my mind, cause I, I just graduated uh, in the business school at Ole Miss. I, I'd say, well, what about this? What about doing it this way? And I always am able to bring something to the table in terms of like, outside thoughts that an engineer normally wouldn't have thought of. Um, but I do wish that I was a little bit more well-versed in engineering because I'm kind of a guy when you got to, you got to drill a hole, you're going to try like three sizes before that just to make, you know, until you figure it out versus like getting a caliper out and going, well, this, this is a five thirty second hole and go ahead and drill it. So not much experience on my end in terms of engineering, but um, kind of more of a just figure it out as you go type guy. Yeah, I I can uh, I can definitely sentiment with that. So, <laughs> but for sure, okay. So, being an entrepreneur um, in this day, well, frame this for me. How old are you, Addison? I just turned thirty-two. Just turned thirty-two. So, being an entrepreneur in this day and age, and then more specifically um, in this industry. Uh, the kind of outdoor and hunting industry. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that are aspiring to do something. They maybe they have this idea, maybe they don't have this idea, but they have the the urge and the drive. Um, kind of tell your story as an entrepreneur. Yeah, so I've I've kind of taken a step back. I always saw my father. Uh, he started his own company thirty something years ago. And he was always able to make all of our, 
you know, sporting events and, and whatever, uh, growing up. And, um, I didn't know what I was going to do when I was growing up. Uh, I just knew I wanted to do my own thing like him. And so, uh, when I was going through college, I was in business school, but I didn't necessarily like say, I'm going to go into the marketing side of things or, or whatever. Um, I don't know. In high school, I think I'd always had a lawn care company or, or whatever. And, and, uh, even before I graduated, I thought, well, I want to stay here in Oxford. I'm just going to start a company that so I can sustain living here. And I saw an opening for an advertising company. So I started it and, and went with it. Can you, um, can you uh, sidestep a little bit and tell us about that? Cause I read up a little bit on that and that's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it, I started a company called the indoor advantage. It was, uh, and it was basically a restroom billboard advertising company. So Oxford's got a, a lot of bars and restaurants and, and we'd place uh, framed advertisements above the, above the urinals in the men's restrooms and on the back of the women's stalls uh, and, and the, uh, and the women's restrooms. And I mean, I think we, we, if, if anybody's familiar with Ole Miss, there's a large um, tailgating atmosphere in the Grove on game day. And they've got these things called the hotty toddy potties. There's probably, at least a dozen, maybe 16 of them that, that are just really large, high end, uh, walk in, um, restrooms. And, and we grew the, that company to, um, let's see, I think over 40 something locations. And we had a couple national clients. We probably grew it up. We grew it to over 40 or 60 actual advertising clients, but I knew nothing about advertising. I really didn't like advertising. I didn't like anything about it. I was not the salesman. I just kind of found a need and a niche and, and went with it. And, uh, luckily, I mean, I was able to make it work and I kind of call that my, my master's. So I, I graduated Ole Miss business school. And, and after that, I was running this company full time and was able to pay my, you know, what I needed to live and go out and hunt and fish. And I learned a lot about business. And then I learned a lot about when I sold that company, after I came up with the idea for Gunner Kennels, um, you know, I think I started that company $2,000 and turned around and sold it. And, and it was a great return and was able to start, you know, my next venture. Um, so there's a lot of mistakes made just like with Gunner Kennels. I mean, it's all been trial and error. We, I'm not, I'm not like some guru on starting companies or anything like that. I just kind of, we kind of go as we, uh, see and, and, um, figure it out as we go. But, um, so yeah, was that enough on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. So what would you say? Um, so a guy, a kid, or someone comes up to you and says, "Hey, I want to turn my side hustle into my full time." What, what do you warn him against? And it's so. It, I hear that all the time, and I hear people call me. You know, people call me or email me. Hey, remember me? I was your. I went. To, I went. I was cousins with your you know, a guy you went to school with in third grade. I mean, it's literally, it's very, very simple, but it's so hard to uh, actually do. It's just like, how do you become a good person? Well, do do the right thing. It's just very hard to do the right thing. Or how do you get in shape? You work out. Well, it's very hard to go work out every single day. And to me, with starting a business, it's just, you just, you just got to do it. You know, everybody has an idea for, oh, I got this new idea for this new type of duck call or this new type of product. But really... It's, it's, you got to be blind to all the risk and you just got to go for it. I mean, there's, there's no secrets. There's no secret sauce. I'm, I'm not a, 
Harvard graduate, you know, I, I, I don't know all the answers, but I just knew I'm going to give this my all. And I had a great support team with my wife and my family that just, you know, knew I was going to do this regardless and uh, and go for it. You know, every day it's a struggle. It's still a struggle. We're, we're three and a half years in. And, um, you know, those first two and a half years were like every other day. I never really considered the risk that I was going through or that I was putting my family through. I mean, my house, my my truck, my everything that I've got is tied up in this company. If it fails, they come after me first. But you've got to be blind for you got to be blind to the risk. And you just got to say, this is going to work. I'm going to make it work no matter what and do it. And so, I mean, that's that's the only that's the only advice that I can give. I think uh, if anybody out here there that's listening, uh, that's an entrepreneur or, you know, has started something um, and put their money and time and hard work into it, um, they'll know this. But I don't think a lot of people that, you know, maybe haven't, you know, thought about this. How do you get through those nights where you're laying in bed staring at the ceiling and the <laughs> mind is going a hundred miles an hour, not knowing how you're going to make this one problem that seems so huge? Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> coffee, number one, whiskey, maybe number two, but um, <laughs> second part's a joke. Uh, no, so I mean every single day it's going to be – so my father – he was, he was a little bit against me starting this company just because he started his own company 30 years ago. And when I told him I wanted to do this, you know, a father wants best for his son with, with little to no risk. And I think that he had seen the hardships that he went through to start his own company and kind of didn't know anything about dog kennels and said, ah, maybe you should do something else. But, you know, after I finally sat down and said, I'm going to do this, he got on board and, um, he told me, you know, finally I remember calling him going, God dang, man, every single day it's like, it's like make or break. Like we're going to die or we're going to live. And he said, uh, Addison, every single day you're going to have the, the most gigantic problem out there where you're going to think, you know, the company's not going to survive. And basically it's a giant wall and you got to find a way. What separates you from other people is what he said was, you got to find a way to go around it. You got to go over it. You got to go under it, or you just got to bust through that damn thing. And, and when I thought about it, I was like, that's exactly right. I mean, I've already broke through X amount of walls. What's another X amount of walls. You know, you just got to keep on going. You got to figure out a way around it. And luckily, you know, I've been lucky enough to have a, a team around me that's helped help us get through those walls. But at, at the end of the day, and at the very beginning, it was, it was Emily, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, with, hey, I'm going to do this. And she said, go. You know, you got it. Go. And so you, you just, that's kind of, I call it dumb luck or blind luck because you don't really consider all of the risk that you're putting yourself through. But I think that, you know, I was lucky enough to not consider all those risks and just keep on going. Right. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the evolution. Maybe a couple of good stages from okay, so Gunner Kennels. It started off as you, Addison, um, and then you said your then girlfriend at the time with some support. Um, talk a little bit about the the team and the um, the product and the facility, kind of in you know evolution stages. Yeah. So. Um... Let's see. We launched the company officially in 2014, I believe. 
um, I was doing everything. I was customer service. I was, I was production manager. I was our, our manufacturers over in North Carolina and I'd drive over there all the time. And, and, um, we were just trying to get product out there. Uh, we had been rated the, from the Subaru of America and Center for, for Pet Safety, the top performer in a crash test study. And that went all over USA Today and Good Morning America and everything. So we got blown up on a PR, PR standpoint uh, very early. Um, but it was I was doing everything. I mean, I remember our first trade show we did in Nashville. This must have been 2014. Yeah. I, uh, I got shingles. And um, just from trying to do everything myself, I was working 18 hours a day nonstop. And all of a sudden, I didn't – I started – you know, not feeling good and ended up in the hospital with shingles. That's when my board of directors said, you got to get some help. You got to hire some people. So I hired a couple people and, and, uh, that took some of the load off my belt. But I mean, up until six months ago, I was still working at least 12, 14 hours a day. Um, it, it's a, it's a never ending deal and, and you got to build out your team. You got to build out, uh, all stars is what I call them. Just guys, guys and girls that'll do anything to, to, to kind of that drink the Kool-Aid and, and do everything that they can to make this company successful. But, uh, you know, right now we've got manufacturers in Iowa. We ship down full truckloads of kennels to, to our warehouse in Nashville. We've finished out the assembly work and, uh, and ship orders out the door. But, um, I'm not sure if I answered that right. What did I miss? Yeah, no, questions? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I just wanted to know a little bit about how many, so how many people do you have working for you? Like who's on the Gunner Kennel team? Oh, it's probably right at 10 right now. I mean, we, we stay, say six months ago, we were probably at eight or seven. We, we stay right around 10 people right now. Awesome. And uh, are you guys, what's the, what's the headquarters? What's the, you know, the home base look like? So we're right below the airport in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, it's a small warehouse and office. Um, we are definitely running out of space, but we, we needed the space quick when I was transitioning from uh, manufacturers from North Carolina to Iowa. And we found a place and made it work. And um, we'll probably outgrow it here pretty soon, especially with new products that we're coming out with. But uh, it's a small team and everybody still kind of does everything that they need to do. I mean, our accountant the other day that we just hired, she, she looked at me and said, look, I can do accounting or I can go back in the warehouse and, 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 uh, help fulfill orders. I'll do whatever you need me to do. And I'm like, there you go. You're hired. Like that's, that's the mentality because that's how everybody is. You got to, if you're say the marketing director, you're going to be doing marketing one day and you're going to be fulfilling orders the next. Um, it's just, it's still a startup, uh, mentality, which is good. I mean, it's lean, uh, everybody puts a lot puts a lot more care into it um, in terms of the the customer, but um, you know we're at a good spot. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'll say one thing about the the kennels. And every, okay, anybody that you can, you don't even have to you can just look at a picture of it and you can know that that's a solid uh, solid thing. Um, who's your you know like have have any of the teammates have they like said hey why don't should we have this or, you know, where'd all the, the little accessory ideas come from? Uh, kind of from, from customers. Yeah. You know, 
that want something. I mean, we're working, I'm working really, where I'm best suited at is new product development. And mm-hmm. so I'm working on a lot of new products right now and a lot of accessories. But uh, it kind of comes from the customer. If they say, hey, you know, the kennel's great, but I wish there was some ventilation. So then, yeah. you know, if we hear if we hear enough of that, then we'll go build a fan. Um, and so it's kind of half from the customers, half from what I want in my daily use of a dog kennel or just with a dog, what I use from a dog or for a dog that I think could be built better. I mean, everything out there, you tell me, but everything out there is junk for dogs. And oh, so yeah. There's so, many, <laughs> there's so many different things that I want to do. Um, it's just kind of prioritize it and, and make a list of what you want to make better because that's where we're going to move into is not only just dog kennels but all products for dogs uh, we're american made products and we're we're lifetime guaranteed and now that we're direct to consumer um we've got some flexibility to pretty much take aim at anything we want in the dog sport dog especially marketplace and see what what we can do better absolutely and uh, I, I'll tell you one thing that I greatly appreciate. Um, so, you know, I have a decent job and I have a, you know, uh, me and my wife, we do all right. Um, you know, we scrap by. And uh, I'll tell you, the, the you guys partnering with A-Firm and people might say, oh, I should just put that on a credit card or, you know, just save up the money for it. Um, it's, it's definitely nice to being able to spread out a couple, basically paying 25 bucks to say, hey, I would like to cut this uh, you know, investment into, you know, three payments, um, which is, I doing that definitely is important. Um, because as soon as my wife saw the, the gunner kennels and like, she like kind of knew that was the way forward. Um, the only way that she would be comfortable transporting our dogs, uh, three hours, uh, probably every other week, um, up to Nebraska and back. Um, it was nice to be able to kind of take that edge off. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a really cool thing. So I remember the first time somebody asked me about that, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to offer financing. I didn't know anything about it, and um, but really, like, it's a high end, high dollar product. I mean, we would love for everybody to be able to use the product, but some people, you know, can't afford it right off the bat. And um, to go through a firm, it's uh, it helps you out to where you can get your get whatever. I mean, there's a lot of big companies that use that, that company firm. And, um, I, I've been, I've been literally suggesting that to anybody that sells a high end product online, because it's increased our bottom line. It's increased our, you know, I originally thought, well, are people going to use it? Uh, and I thought, well, you know, if people are going to buy it through that, maybe they would have used a credit card, but after looking at all the numbers, like, no, it's it it works, and it's it's something. There's some type of word for it, like uh, some type of financing that's like not bad. It's, it, it's yeah, it doesn't. It's, a, it's not like credit. It's not like putting it on a credit card and then right. Um, you know what I mean? Carrying over a balance. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's literally a small loan. Yeah. So uh, it's, instead of a, it's good. I mean, yeah, yeah. I I, I think that uh, it's. We've done well with it, and and I, I'm thrilled to be able to see people that maybe couldn't have just paid for it right off the bat uh, use that, and um, and they can still get their kennel and pay it off. I mean, it's it's great. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, we've talked a little bit about the past. We've talked about the present. 
and then you've alluded a little bit to the future. Uh, what's the future of Gunner Kennels? Oh, man, I'm sitting here in my garage looking at a new product right now that I don't think I can disclose. Um, <laughs> Dang it. Not even for the Foul Front Waterfowl podcast? <laughs> I can't even get into it. We've So we've got – so, you know, we're Gunner Kennels right now, and, and like I kind of said, it's kind of what don't you like about the – the dog world like what products don't you like and like literally they're all junk i mean everything that i know of is just bs made for profit sent to china and if it breaks great you that means the consumer's going to buy another one because it broke i mean but we're trying to make stuff that lasts and it's a very good niche to be in that that it's for your dog that that you love and the dog loves you and you just want to provide them with the best possible product so I've got a uh, a new product that I'm looking at, looking at right now that should be for sale by Q by the end of Q4. Um, but for 2019, we're going to be getting into a lot of different products in terms of uh, the gun dog world, and then just the general I call it the family pet world. I don't think that I can disclose any of it, but it's uh, it should be pretty interesting. Now you're starting your own podcast, right? Yeah, uh, and on that, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely all of our products I try to over-engineer just like, just like Yeti. I mean, I remember the first time I saw, first time I heard about a Yeti was, oh, I don't know if I need that. And then the first time I saw one, I was like, wow, I've broken 15 Coleman coolers in the last two years. Maybe I'll give this a try. So it's, yeah. it's along the same lines. It, it, uh, definitely some similarities, but, um, yeah, we've got a, podcast coming out it's called inside gunner's kennel uh we we're supposed to release it at the end of august but uh i want to make sure it's perfect so we've got about 10 or 11 episodes recorded we'll probably release it by mid-november um it's kind of aimed at the younger entrepreneurial type in the outdoor industry um just to, i just want to tell my story we're not trying to sell anything we're not trying to really do anything but tell our story and give my opinion on um on different stuff in the outdoor space, but uh, I don't know if it's going to have legs or not. We'll just we'll just put it out there and see how it goes. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and um, I'll definitely be giving that a listen uh, because whether or not uh, people realize it, um, and I, I'm nowhere um, in it as deep as you know someone like you is. I did not realize uh, starting a podcast in it just in itself is kind of like starting it's i mean obviously you can run it for you know not for profit and you can take up all your time and all that stuff but you know when you start talking you know bringing on sponsors things like that you know it does it becomes a a little a business and yeah it's your own company yeah and uh you know something i wasn't that well versed in uh when i got into it and but i i knew that i i wanted to be legitimate um so i you know started it off as a company literally on episode number two filed the LLC and all that just, you know, in the hopes that someday it maybe could be something that I get to go around and talk to people in this, you know, uh, fine industry and around this, you know, great country. And, um, maybe it would turn into something someday where I just get to go talk to people and, uh, perhaps that would put, uh, food in my family's belly. So, yeah, no, y'all, y'all are doing a great job. Once you hear mine, you might be like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, but, no, you're doing a good job. 
No, I'm I'm very very uh, excited to um, definitely hear from your guys' podcast. And uh, you know, it's it's funny. It's you know, whenever you talk about starting a podcast, it always kind of seems easy right in the beginning, right? Oh my gosh, <laughs> sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I just got back from a teal hunt in Texas, and I brought this little that what was that recorder you, you said you had? The Zoom H4n. Yeah, I got one of those, and I was planning on interviewing the guys from Quack Rack and Lifetime Decoys and uh, Rock House, and shoot, you get to a camp, and we all been hunting all day, and uh, it's just hard to actually make the time to sit down and, and interview them. Oh, um, yeah, because, I mean, really, at the end of the day, your friends, they don't want you to interview them. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, some of right. them do. But. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's tough, man. Uh, you know, for the first six episodes, I'd go to my buddy's uh, recording studio every Wednesday and we'd record. And, like, it's hard enough just to get three people's schedule line uh, and, and with guests and stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty big. It's a big production that people don't really appreciate. Uh, I guess until they try to do it, because I didn't realize it was this hard. Oh yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things, and then finding you know carving the time away from your regular job to sit down and do a little bit of podcast editing and try to um, go through all the ums, the ahs, and like uh, I think as you know. Yeah, yeah. No, you're doing good. I, I listen to a few, uh, and it's, I think it'll be better produced than ours for sure. <laughs> Well, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing what you got. On that note, should we transition over a little bit into a little bit of hunting? Sure. So uh, what's the duck slash uh, goose hunting like in your neck of the woods? So um, growing up in middle Tennessee, uh, I always thought that you had to drive at least six hours to get into good duck hunting. Um Oddly enough, there is good duck hunting here in Middle Tennessee, but I've just never done it. I've always gone to Arkansas, Mississippi, and Louisiana. Um, I just got done the trip where we started out in uh, South Louisiana, shot a couple of gators, or we're on the boat with a couple of guys that shot some gators, and then we went over to El Campo, Texas, and uh, limited out a few days teal hunting. Um, but I'll be spending. Uh, this season in the Mississippi Delta and some parts around Stuttgart, Arkansas, uh, duck hunting. But, um, no, I just, I, I never got, I was not fortunate enough to learn how to hunt public ducks in middle Tennessee, although there is a lot of opportunity. I've just been, uh, too busy and didn't have a boat when I was younger. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, pretty good awesome um so you know i suppose kind of one thing that i've learned uh, a little bit about the the podcast is that you kind of have to make your hunts count so you go out with people that you know you're uh that you're closely affiliated with and you're you know making opportunities um and things like that but do you ever just get a chance to go out uh you know just addison and gunner and you know dad or whoever it is you know, uh, everything that I do now is trying to make it business. So, like, I don't – I am going to Canada without a photographer in middle of October. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but besides that, I'm sure we'll still, still get some pictures. But there's nothing that I'm doing now 
that I'm not going to call business because there's always good photo ops. Sure. Um, if I had my own land, maybe, yeah. Um, but for right now, probably not. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how does that kind of, um, how does that influence the way you, you hunt? Because, you know, when you're in college and when you're out hunting on your own, you're, you're breaking your back, you're putting the scouting in and, um, you know, now, at least what I found is, is that they I went on three hunts, uh, during teal season here and I was, you know, recording for every single one of them and I didn't throw yeah. a single decoy out myself. <laughs> yeah. So, or bring a single one never, of my decoys. It was crazy. No, I had never, uh, I'd never been on a guided hunt up until a couple of years ago when I was telling you I went to Kansas. I always thought that duck hunting was supposed to be miserable. You're supposed to <laughs> get on a four to get on a boat and carry multiple decoys and fall in the water and freeze your ass off. And like, literally I, it, it was the best thing ever, but I never knew that it was going to be so like in, in on dry field hunting where you can just drive up, drop a, <laughs> drop off a case of shells and a, and a blind. Um, I just never knew it was going to be like that, but, uh, no, it's, I don't know everything that I now, especially with how little time I've got, I'm always trying to make sure that if I'm going to go, we're going to get good content out of it. Gunner's so old now that we got to get as much content with him as we can. I just actually texted you a picture of him sleeping in the kennel, um, down in my shop. But, uh, no, it's, it's everything that I try to do. I can try to make it business related. Yeah. It, I, I feel more more and more like a reporter um, than a yeah. hunter, and uh, that it got a little concerning to me. I told my wife, I said, hey, I'm going to have to just go, like, uh, do 100 burpees in the mud somewhere and then go, like, try to shoot a duck or something so I can replicate the, you know, the miserable uh, that I was getting used to. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny how you said, you know, duck hunting is supposed to be miserable, so. Yeah. Sure. Not that dry field hunting. That's uh, that's something pretty new to me. That that I didn't realize it could be that good. Where all the ducks come and land on your face, versus like you just being pissed off on a small pond in Arkansas and just pass by shoot. Last season, I had it really good. Um, I could drive the truck straight up to this little farm pond that we had, and it was it was a little small pond right off of an oil pond um, in Oklahoma. And uh, the guy that had the oil pond, he didn't let anybody hunt around it because he didn't want any, you know, it was part of the contract. And uh, so we'd just run birds off that oil pond all day. And we, we'd show up a uh, half hour, 45 minutes before shooting light and pull the truck right up, uh, drop everything off, and then uh, drive, the, someone go park the truck, and we'd be set up in about, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And um, so that was kind of a good transition. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I, I did uh, do. I've, I've been actually all public land hunting um, this year, which is, you nah. know, yeah, it's been pretty nice. But I got to get out there and do some of my own scouting and kind of make it feel like I worked for it again. So, yeah, for sure. Oh, I just got your your photo there. <laughs> Gunner sticking his head out, sleeping in the kennel. Oh, that's great. A little half kennel situation you got there? Yeah, yeah. Perfect, perfect. But, yeah, okay, so, um, you know, what kind of uh, stuff should we be looking, you know, looking to see from you this season? Um, 
if you can tell at all. Uh, so we've got a really cool video coming out and, and, uh, I think the beginning of October was kind of outdoors. Um, we started this like in 2014. They, uh, they came and filmed the hunt at my best friend's camp in Yazoo city, Mississippi. Uh, they came and filmed us around the warehouse and, and at my home, uh, this year. Uh, I've already seen, it's almost finalized, but it's, it's going to be really cool. It, it really does tell the story of Gunner Kennels. Um, and honestly, I, I kind of get choked up at the end because, uh, I sit there and talk about how it was just me and Gunner. And then somebody introduced me to, uh, my now wife, Emily, that said, so they met me because of Gunner. And then they said, look, I got this girl that you're going to marry. Um, and it's just a cool story. And I almost get choked up talking about it now, but I mean, it's really cool film. And then we're going to be filming a lot, uh, a lot more this year for just upcoming projects. Um, that won't be out till probably 2019, 2020, but, uh, we're just trying to produce as much good content as we can. Um, and sorry, I just realized how much I'm saying. Um, but we're <laughs> trying to film as much, much content as we can for, for the next coming years. Nice. Uh, so question for you. Um, since starting Gunner Kennels, um, has it opened a lot of, uh, hunting opportunities to you? It has. I just haven't been able to take anybody up on it. Um, <laughs> it's been really cool. Like literally, I, just, I I still do. I still have to beg people to take me hunting, and then we get invited to all these different hunts, and and I'm just been busy and can't take them up on it. Uh, but it definitely has. If I was if I was a single man, I would take up a lot of people on a lot of hunts. I just hadn't been able to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now there is a young entrepreneur out there, entrepreneur, entrepreneur out there, um, listening to this podcast. Uh, what do you, what do you tell them? Uh, if you've got a product or, a, or an idea, you just got to go for it. There's literally nobody that can convince you. Otherwise you've got to put your, um, trying to think of a better way to put this. You just got to put it all out on the line. You got to go as hard as you can, and you can't take no for an answer. You just got to go. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of times when people look into being an entrepreneur, they, there's that kind of that initial barrier um, for them. And it, it's probably probably only 1000 1500 bucks, But uh, that weeds a lot of people out. Um, yeah, no, it's... It seems it, everybody that looks, you know, looks at someone and goes, man, that's awesome. I just got started and they're just making money and great. But I mean, I, I borrowed my life. I borrowed my wife's right when we got married. I spent all my money on starting this company. I borrowed my wife's last $600 in her savings account to apply for our patents. Uh, I guess to finalize the patents. I mean, it, it takes so much more than you would think. And it's, it's, I guess it always might seem easy or or whatever but you just got to go for it there's there's literally because there's always going to be things that pop up that take money or take your time but you just gotta say screw it i'm gonna do this i'm going for it you can always make more money can't make more you can't make more time and you can't make more uh you can't make a, a missed opportunity come back 
Right. So that's right. For sure. For sure. Well, hey, I got a couple questions that I ask every guest that uh, I've been dying to ask you. Sure. All right. You only get to go hunting one more time. Where are you going? Who are you going with? Uh, what are we hunting? And, uh, you know, uh, what's the weather conditions like? Oh, I'd have to say in Yazoo City, Mississippi, at my best friend Travis Ledge's camp, it was an old catfish farm. Uh, that they stopped farming about nine years ago and it's got it's not it's not like a damn you know phenomenal jam up duck shoot but it's 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 us doing it on our own um uh when when travis and i were there we just we do it on our own and that's what's important to me and also they have a lot of ducks i mean they've got a lot of good ducks in the in the mississippi delta um weather conditions are hopefully colder than it typically is so i'm not getting uh hit by mosquitoes uh what was the other part of the question um we talked about weather where it was at who you were with um oh yeah uh what kind of ducks are you shooting it's going to be mostly all gadwall some teal uh some mallards and maybe if we're lucky some pintail i've never been a i've never been a big snob about types of ducks i'm just trying to get gunner some ducks to retrieve so if we're shooting gray ducks all day great go for it like i don't care i'll eat them all now and, uh he'll, he'll retrieve them all you you kind of said that like um you shoot a lot of gray ducks yeah is that is that the case yeah i mean where i'm where i'm at and and uh at travis camp and and uh mississippi yeah yeah, I'd say like I shoot a lot of widgeon. I shoot a lot of widgeon. I shoot a lot of ringnecks, um, and then uh, we we get days. It seems like where all we shoot is gadwall. Um, yeah, and uh, it is always super exciting for me to see that white um, on that white speculum, um, and because I love shooting them, they're 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 just really cool birds. Um, I didn't realize yeah. they were so prevalent over there in um, Tennessee. Yeah, well, that's in Mississippi, but it's, Mississippi, uh, no, I mean, I'm just there to get gunner birds. I could care less what he's retrieving. To watch him work is, is where I'm happiest. Um, so if that's a spoonbill, so be it, you know? <laughs> right. I, I always tell everybody the only time the spoonbill is not a fun bird is when you're eating it. <laughs> that's the only time. Yeah. Uh, you hadn't had me cook it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you got? Uh, I got a couple recipes that I might I'll, I'll email you, but no, we can cook anything. <laughs> you got to remember, I went to college in Miss, North Mississippi. We can uh, we can That's cook true. anything. Now I do uh, when I get when we get a good group of divers. So we'll we'll have days where we shoot a five or six man limit of ringnecks, and uh, those days I always know I make what a, what we call a uh, I call it surf and turf chili. And uh, the surf is ringneck, and the turf is venison. Yeah. My wife doesn't allow me to put beans in my chili, if you know what I'm saying. So yeah. we put a little bit of quinoa in there, um, and uh, it's a heck of a it's a heck of a chili rep- recipe. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm not going to say that I cook a lot, whole lot of ringnecks. Uh, <laughs> although we did cook venison chili tonight. And- 
and I'm the one. My wife likes the beans. I'm the one that doesn't like the beans in our venison chili. But um, now we'll have to compare recipes. Yeah. I put quinoa in there, and then I don't know about you, and this might be it might be a Nebraska slash Kansas thing, but uh, we we always have cinnamon rolls with our chili. Nice, I hadn't heard of that. Oh, oh, you said you just made some chili? Yeah, with more of a Fritos and, and cheddar cheese. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, no, you you go ahead and you make yourself a uh, a thing of uh, cinnamon rolls next time. Yeah, and you dip that cinnamon roll in that chili, or you just eat the, you know, eat it right there. You know, it's. I've uh, never heard of that. Well, it stems from the public school system, um, <laughs> and whatever contract they had with uh, whatever the food company is that you know does school foods, but somehow uh, cinnamon rolls wound up right on chili days. That's hilarious. So instead of uh, instead of rolls, you got cinnamon rolls uh, on chili days. And uh, I think that just kind of became a Midwest staple. I've talked to people from Iowa and North Kansas that that was the case, but nowhere else. Everybody else thinks I'm crazy, um, but I always convince them. So, yeah, no, I'm going to try that next time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we're doing a we're doing a Thanksgiving um, special uh, episode where we're going to talk a lot about recipes and. Uh, basically hunt Thanksgiving hunting traditions and stuff like that. So definitely hope to hear from the uh, Gunner Kennels crew on that episode. I'll send you – so if you have any dove – I just tried to teal yesterday. Uh, but if you have any dove left over, I've got the best recipe I've ever had in my entire life that my buddy from North Alabama showed me about three weeks ago. It's incredible. Um, I'll text it to you here in a minute, but it's it's – it's the best I've ever had. Oh yeah, what I mean, what what does it what does it entail? You got to pound it out. You got to uh, fry it, and then you've got to. There's like a, a sauce you mix, you, you toss it into. Okay. Uh, it's basically like garlic. the The recipe calls for honey, but we actually use uh, maple syrup. It's garlic, butter, maple syrup, uh, some hot sauce. Mix it all around, and then you dip it in this smoked chipotle. Uh, raspberry sauce it's incredible i mean i've 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 literally never had anything like it and i always thought that i had the best duck slash dove recipe out there and um pretty impressed i've told all my buddies about it like 10 of them have done it and they've all said it's the best thing ever too so at the page household monday nights are pizza night and uh, i have not yet eaten my pizza and so i am starving now and you just painted a uh pretty delicious uh picture so it might not i'm I'll have to check I'm that gonna out text it to you right now i appreciate that yeah so all right hey why don't we go ahead and uh reiterate um are, are you guys still doing uh the different colors um for kennels right so, now? so we sold out of the gray we're gonna get more in about two weeks and then we're about sold out of the green and tan um and it's limited run. I don't know if we're going to do the tan and green one again, but we're mm-hmm. definitely going to do the gray one again. Yeah. Um, so it's all kind of, it's kind of, uh, whenever we get it in, we're going to sell it, but we don't want to, we don't want to take orders beforehand. <laughs> right. We just want to, once we get them in, sell them and go. You don't want to create too much overwork on it. Right. Yeah, I get you. Uh, no, that's, that was some pretty cool stuff. I saw that and I thought to myself, dang it, why I already, 
you know, I already spent my, I already got it. Yeah. So, um, we got a couple of people that said that. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, and then, uh, obviously, got some new products coming out here shortly. Um, yep. So, we'll be looking forward to that. Um, and then we, in mid-November, you said, or late November? For what? For your podcast. Uh, yeah, that'll be hopefully mid-November. Okay, awesome. And the title of that's going to be called? Inside Gunner's Kennel. Inside Gunner's Kennel. Well, greatly, you know, looking forward to that. I love podcasts. I don't even listen to music anymore. Um, so. I think that's why I'm like 50-50 on it. Because I just, I don't like podcasts all that much. I feel like they're audiobooks. Um, which I don't like because that reminds me of summer reading when I was younger. Uh, <laughs> but it, sh- it should be some good stuff. I mean, we got some good guys on there and, and it should be, as long as I feel like it's going to help somebody in some way, then we'll do it. Oh. Um, I, I don't want to sound salesy or, you know, like we're sitting there trying to sell kennels, which we're not. I think we just want to try to get into our story and help people out with, with whatever they're trying to do. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And then from just the entrepreneurial aspect, um, that's I think that's the key thing because I think there's a there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of really good ideas, um, and uh, you know they're young and or they're not, and they just don't know how to start the whole process. So I think that'll be right. great, definitely. So well, all right. Shall we wrap it up here, Addison? Sure. All right, um, so go ahead, and uh, if you haven't already, go check out GunnerKennels.com uh, and keep your uh, your ears tuned for um, their Inside Gunner's Kennel, and you can check them out on um, Facebook, Instagram, all that. They You guys even have a Gunner Kennels discussion den, uh, which I mean, yeah. that, that helps a lot of people, I think, for their sizing issues, because I think that's the number one thing you guys probably deal with, huh? Yeah, it's uh, and if you if you hear my three year old screaming uh, in the room above me, um, <laughs> yeah, it's trying to figure out what what you know. The, uh, saying the intermediate kennel, the outside dimensions are a large kennel. Yeah, but the interior because the double walled is an intermediate, so it's hard to uh, hard to figure that out. It's good to have other people sit there and say, "No, I've got an eighty pound lab. If it's an intermediate or a large, just to be able to have you know people that are not affiliated with Gunner Kennels." give their opinion it really helps out yep and anybody in central kansas uh just give me a a a text and i will probably run into you within the next you know month or two and you can load your dog up in my kennel and see which one you want because i've got the i've got the intermediate and i've got the large that uh that my wife bought so we uh yeah we can we can get you hooked up so but, all right, Addison, hey, I really appreciate the talk and uh, taking time out of your Monday night here. Uh, it's always rough starting the week off, and uh, I appreciate it all. Absolutely. Thank you for your time, and, and let me know if you need anything else. Absolutely. Hey, any words for the uh, listeners of the Foul Front before you head off? Uh, have a good season. Sounds good. All right. All right. Thanks, Addison. Yep, thank you. I want to give a huge shout-out, like we always do during this time, um, to our uh, partners. Um, So we got uh, Hunt Hickory Creek, which 
If you're not familiar with Hunt Hickory Creek, that's Chase and Cody and Scotty and Megan. They're all in the group, and uh, these are a good group of people. Um, I talked to at least one of them, mostly Chase, um, at least two or three times a week, um, whether it's deer hunting or talking about birds or or just uh, you know rubbing in the uh, fantasy football smack talk and and all that stuff. But anyways, hey, don't. You don't put your money in something that you can't first validate or like get to know or you know something like that. You can get in there. You can literally see what uh, you're going to be getting out there in the blind uh, with you know these guys and these guides. So go check them out. Good people, even uh, even better uh, uh, people to go hunt with. So uh, we've also got Dive Bomb Industries and Dive Bomb Industries. Um, you know they've been they did a lot of good work for us and. Uh, put a lot of our listeners into um, some really affordable spreads, and I am just pumped to um, get out and start targeting some some big ducks with uh, with my spread that we're all set up with over here, and I just really you know excited to put the the two D um, you know ideology um, to the to the test, so. All right, we've also got Toe Tags LLC. Uh, you, you guys heard Ryan's story. And if you haven't heard Ryan's story, go check it out. Um, episode 23? Uh, but anyways, just check out, go look for the uh, Toe Tags LLC story. Um, you know, we whether or not you want to argue that it is actually a you know regulation or an enforceable law or anything, I mean... The law is the law, and I don't, I'm not going to put myself uh, in a position, uh, at least anymore, uh, to where I can be, you know, whether or not I get a ticket is at the discretion of the, you know, investigating officer or, or um, you know, however things are going that day. So, um, just for a couple cents a day, uh, or hunt, I should say, you can be fully taken care of. You already spent all the money on the gas and stuff, so... Go tag your birds and make sure you're not throwing them in a big old pile. And, uh, yeah, go ahead and stay legal with Toe Tags LLC. We've also got Gypsum Creek Retrievers. Evan over there um, in Gypsum with a creek running, you know, through the back of his yard um, is running a awesome little uh, kennel. Uh, and I got to go out and I got to go hunt with his flagship dog and... Um, Got to see the way that he interacts with um, that dog, and just the way he talks about you know his business and his dogs and uh, the people dog he's training. Like it's it's, uh, it's it's really humbling to see a guy who's like so ate up with it and uh, is just in it and he's just doing it out of passion and decided to make his passion something that can put you know um, dinner on the table. It's a heck of a heck of a deal. Oh, uh, we've also got Athlon Optics. Um, Athlon Optics, go check these guys out. Um, they have some of the finest shooting scopes um, on the market, and their binoculars are bang up. Um, literally, they are the same quality as something that you'd pay two or three times the price of, and they're just a solid. Um, feeling binocular and uh, it's 
it's nice, you know, I'm not going to do any direct comparisons out there, but uh, I've held a lot of binoculars in my time, and I'm very satisfied with these uh, with these ones. So go check them out at Athlon Optics. I've got the, the Midas uh, 10x42, uh, and it is suiting my needs perfectly out here um, in Kansas. All right. Um, next, we've got... Um, freelance hunt stats. Uh, I've, I've always logged and tracked all the birds that we've harvested and whatnot, but it wasn't until Elliot showed me his freelance hunt stats, uh, at freelancehuntstats.com that it's not just a journal anymore. Now it's a database. Now I can go through and I can filter, um, all the stuff that I want to know. Uh, you know, windy days, cloudy days, uh, days I shot all blue winged teal, like things, things of that nature. And, um, even by location, and it's super affordable, you know, uh, just don't buy one monster this month or one Starbucks coffee and you've got yourself, um, what you need to keep track. Plus super helpful when you go to fill out those hit permits. So, all right. Uh, we've also got duck nuts. Uh, that's D U K N U T Z. Um, and if you haven't seen the videos or pictures of me, uh, utilizing these things yet, uh, I freaking hate, um, dealing with Texas rigs and I take out a lot of new hunters and I always end up, I'm always sitting there untangling stuff or unwrapping keels and, uh, instead with these duck nuts, you just throw them on there and all you gotta do is literally just stretch out the line or you can slide the, the weight. Um, all the way towards the decoy or down and you just throw these things in a bag. It's awesome. Hey, they even came out with a, uh, a carrying, uh, it always seems that my wife is always walking in whenever I'm doing the duck nuts, uh, commercial cause she's just looking at me cause she thinks it's hilarious. Uh, but they just came out with a bag and it's called the nut sack and, uh, it is, it's pretty cool. You can strap your shotgun to it. Um, they've also got hats. Um, too. And, uh, for my boy Wilson listening out there, uh, Hunter over at, uh, Duck Nuts, he made a hat just for you, buddy. Um, and all you other coot shooters out there. So, um, but yeah, so good stuff. Go check them out. Uh, just a really great product. Uh, we've also got the Duck Tech mobile app and the Duck Tech mobile app is an app that's designed to help you get better at calling ducks. Um, it literally, it's got Barney Califf on there, a, uh, two or three time, uh, world duck calling champion. And he does the, the call, tells you what it's for, why to do it, when to do it. And then you can actually go in and press record, record yourself. And then you can hear it side by side. So you can see how you want to tweak it up. Pretty cool concept. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you're just dealing with like a DVD or, or some other, you know, like, Here's the sounds. Now make this sound. And that's not this right here. This is something that you can do on your commute. So pretty sweet. All right. Next we've got um, we got Gunner Kennels. And uh, Gunner Kennels, if you have never laid your hands on a Gunner Kennel, uh, probably some of the finest uh, craftsmanship or over example of overbuilding um, something. And that's perfect. That's fine with me. You know, my wife 
she loves those things because um, it keeps the babies safe, uh, the, the fur babies. And at the end of the day, you're kind of charged with the responsibility of uh, that animal's life. And, you know, I wear my seatbelt. I don't text and drive. Um, why am I going to, like, just throw my dog in the back of the back of the truck to, you know, be in uh, jeopardy if something were to happen? Uh, and then uh, newest partner uh, that I want that I'm super excited to get you guys into is HTR Innovations. That's H-T-R, like Hunter, uh, Innovations. And they've got the coolest little thing. Um, It's a stand that you can put out in the marsh that holds your gun, um, holds my recording equipment, box of shells, all this other stuff. Check it out on the Instagram uh, page. Uh, they've also got an A-frame blind uh, that they come out with that is super simple to set up, um, just like stupid simple. And then they've got uh, for you guys that absolutely hate layout blinds, they've got a layout blind insert, and makes that thing just about as comfy as the living room couch. So go check them out. Uh, and then last but not least, we've got SRB field rests. So you hiked into this muddy field, set out all your decoys, had your bag ready to go with your gun in it, and then you take your gun out and you just set it in the mud or you, you know, you're constantly making sure that you, you know, don't fumble this thing around. These two little stakes from SRB Field Rest, stick them there, lay your gun down on them. You didn't come this far to like jam your your gun up with a little bit of mud because you got excited about some some geese uh, in your face. So that was really dramatic. I have a little bit of a stuffy nose, it sounds like. But all right, we just want to let you guys know these companies are the bees knees. Um, these are cool people, great people. I like. I'm not just throwing them on here so that I can take up your time and you know make money or whatever it is I believe in these products I believe in these people and uh, I'm a huge fan of somebody turning their passion into their everyday job so that they can try to escape some sort of um, nine to five where somebody else is their boss Uh, and I'm a huge huge fan of that Um, you know trying to do that myself so yep before, you know, think twice before you buy uh, uh, something, um, you know, similar to these. And, you know, they, they help bring you this show. And so if you like this show, if you like it to be around, <coughs> you know, um, check these people out. So, all right, everybody, safe hunting. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast. Please come join us on our Facebook group. Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast Group, where you can connect with a good group of hunters, because we're all in this together. We need to act like it so that hopefully our great great grandkids will be hunting ducks over our favorite public lands. Uh, we also ask that you go ahead and give us a written review on iTunes and give us five stars if you think we deserve it. And we really do want to hear back from you uh, so that we can give you the best possible content. And if you get in on that Facebook group, you can 
get in there and you can ask questions and you can tell us what you want to hear next or you can tell us uh, what you don't like and we'll be sure to tailor things to our listeners so all right stay safe out there and we will see you next week Hey, you ever been sitting in front of your TV just wondering why you can't catch the latest episode of The Foul Front right there in your living room so you can press all your guests and family with your fine taste and podcast listening? Me neither. But hey, as a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, you can now find The Foul Front and some other great podcasts on your Apple TV, your Roku, your Amazon Fire Stick, Smart TV, even your gaming console just by downloading the Waypoint app. And heck, while you're there, they got over 2,500 hunting and fishing shows on demand. Go download the Waypoint app today. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.